Aloha, I'm Yanji Denise. Welcome to Get Your House in Order, where we help you take care of the things that matter most. In this series, we cover a wide range of topics from health and wellness to financial readiness and preparing for every phase of life. Today, we are focusing on something that can be difficult for many people and to those who love them. That's the decision to stop driving. We begin with Paulette Ito, Senior Vice President at Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union. You know, Paulette, this program is designed for every phase of life we think about driving that first milestone around 16 or so getting your license and then this is the other side of that conversation figuring out when it's time to take it away yes when you first start to drive it's wonderful you have a sense of freedom you also have a sense of responsibility maybe um, you, you start to drive yourself to school you start to drive yourself to work it's it's a wonderful sense of accomplishment but then at the end, also, what do you do if you no longer can drive? And what do you do if you have a fam family member who can't drive as well? Those are the things that you need to address. Yeah, and so tell us how this, this topic really fits in with the whole Kelly Guidebook and the whole Get Your House in Order campaign. Well, the Get Your House in Order campaign wants you to get organized and start thinking about everything that you need. And driving is an important part of that. So we want you to start that conversation early and also start documenting maybe um, your registration, your license, and even what you're gonna do later on if you stop driving. Okay, tell us a guy about the guidebook. We are now in our third, uh, third phase of the guidebook, if you will. Where can folks mm -hmm. get the guidebook and learn more? They can get it from our website, hificu.com, and you can see the guidebook 1.1, 1.2, and 1.3, and you'll be able to learn all about the past, the future, the present, and miscellaneous items that you will need to become organized and well-prepared. Yeah, and when you're thinking about starting to have this conversation with your, with your loved ones or making this decision for yourself, what do you think is the best strategy? Have the conversation. Start talking to your family members. Don't wait till it's too late where maybe they're not coherent or maybe they're not in a position to make the right decisions. Start the conversations when you don't have to have the conversation. That's the best time to have it. That is wonderful advice, all right. Well, coming up next, we're going to speak with someone from AARP Hawaii who will give us tips on how to navigate this transition. But first, let's meet someone whose experience shows us why this decision is so important. Hi, I'm Bonnie Oda, and I am from Oahu, and I had the, the task of helping my father come to the decision of not driving any longer. And that is such a difficult decision to make because for many people, driving uh, signifies that you're independent and free, and also that you are mature enough to handle a large vehicle. So it started with my dad with occasional fender benders, minor ones, right? And he would come home and he'd say, Doggone it, that wall jumped right out in front of me again and got my car. And we would kind of chuckle. And then one day, dad was in the medical center and he was in queue to go through the parking lot attendant booth and he suddenly rear-ended the car in front of him. Thankfully, no one was hurt and the damages were very minor. When we got home, mom and Wendell and I said, it's time for that talk. So we sat with dad and it was very important to us that we didn't hurt his ego. We wanted him to come to this decision on his own. So what we did is we said, oh my gosh, you know, thank goodness no one was hurt, dad. And he's like, yeah. And I said, you know, is it my imagination? Or are these accidents becoming more frequent? 
And he goes, yeah, it seems like it. And I said, gosh, Dad, what would we do if someone had gotten hurt? And he just dropped his head and he shook his head like this. And he said, I don't know, but maybe I shouldn't drive anymore. So he made it very easy for us. And he said the reason it was easy was because we were already helping them with transportation and we allowed him the grace of making the decision on his own. So give them the support. And secondly, when you have that conversation, remember that they are a human and, and they have their pride that's associated with, with driving. So it's very helpful if you lead them to come to that decision on their own. For all your money needs, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union is here for you. Visit HiFiCU.com. Welcome back. Joining us now is Jackie Bolin, Community Outreach Director for AARP Hawaii. She manages community education, volunteers, and grassroots activities across our state. Jackie, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So this can be a very challenging decision when we're talking about when it's appropriate to start limiting how much we ourselves or perhaps a family member can drive. Tell us about some of the considerations and what could be some warning signs that it may be time to start that conversation. Sure. Well, first, I just want to say that on the whole, older drivers are safe drivers. In fact, there's research that shows that as people age, they get in less accidents. But then when you look a little further into that, you find out a lot of that is because they're self-regulating and cutting back on their driving. And what we do notice is that after the age of 70, people tend per mile to be more prone to accidents. So, and then after 80, it really takes off. The other consideration there is that when you're in an accident over the age of 70, you're less likely to live because your body is more frail and can't recover. So on the one hand, we have concern from family members, society, um, should these people be on the road. On the other hand, most of them are safe. And when we think about what it means to drive, there are so many layers to it, right? If you remember when you got your license probably at 16, it was freedom, independence, choices, right? You can control your life. And so when you're looking at asking someone to stop driving, sometimes you're asking them to give up freedom, independence, choice, and control. And that can really cause depression. And if you don't do your homework, it can also cause isolation. And you know, people who are isolated have a 50% higher chance of getting dementia than people who are connected to the community and socially engaged. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about driving, it's about so many other things. Yeah, and that's so interesting, especially when you think about Hawaii. We are such a diverse state when it comes to geography, right? That we have certain communities where if you don't have a car, you really don't have access. That's true. There are some places in the north side of the Big Island or the south side of the Big Island where the potential to be isolated and without even services is very, very high. Okay, so this is a very serious discussion, but think about, let's talk about that sort of 70 plus age group. Uh, what are the restrictions on the state level when it comes to having your license in that as you start to age up? Well, it's interesting. There's been a change to the law this year. So previously, anyone over 72, 
every two years they had to renew their license. But starting this year, if you're 72 to 79, you can get a Kupuna license that lasts four years. You do have to take an eye test, and of course this is based on you not having impairments that prevent you from driving. After the age of 80, it goes back down to two years. Every two years you have to renew your driver's license. If you have a family member that is starting to get into their 70s and 80s, what are some of the warning signs that maybe it is time to perhaps uh, let that license go? Well, first, you shouldn't base your decision making on one incident because all of us do stupid things while driving. Um, so. I really recommend that you would ride with the person multiple times and see if there are repetitive issues. But some warning signs could be, do they notice traffic signs and signals? Have they lost confidence in making decisions while driving, like when to make a left turn, when to get out into traffic? Are they running over the curbs a lot? Are there more dings in the car? There's actually a checklist that AARP has that has 29 things on it. Um, so you're kind of looking for multiple things over an extended period of time. And, and you know, even then, um, there are things you can do to maybe modify when you drive, how much you drive, and where you drive that might limit the problem but not take your car keys away altogether. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. What are some adaptations you can make without going completely without a license? Sure, well, I'm 52 and I have terrible night vision. I, I just noticed that in the last couple of years I get disoriented at night even in places that I drive all the time. And so whenever possible I ask my husband to drive or I carpool with a friend just to me and you know I try to limit my nighttime driving to the area right around my home you know it's just something I've noticed about myself well if you see an older driver limiting their driving like that first commend them ask them about it and you know try not to shame them if they do it like let's say you're having a family gathering and they want to leave before the sun sets that's a great decision and you don't want to make them feel guilty, right? Um, but other things that they can do, they can um, choose not to drive in urban areas, you know, where it's more busy, they stay in their own neighborhood, um, limit the times of day that they drive. Don't drive at rush hour, you know, stay off the freeway if merging freaks you out. So those kinds of little things can actually extend people's driving time a lot longer makes a lot of sense. Okay, well, our conversation with Jackie is just getting started. You're watching Get Your House in Order. Stay with us. Warning signs. Important decisions about a senior family member's driving should not be based on one incident. It's important to ride with them to observe their driving directly. Ask basic questions like, are they confident in their decision-making when driving? Can they identify and successfully follow all signs? AARP's website has a checklist of 29 warning signs to look out for. Long's Drugs is always here for Hawaii, providing your family with their local favorites, accessible health and wellness services to keep you safe and healthy. Make Long's a part of your day. Welcome back. We are speaking today about when it could be time to give up a driver's license. Jackie is here from AARP Hawaii. Now, Jackie, we talked a little bit about some of the warning signs just a moment ago. Let's say you've decided, okay, we need to have this conversation with mom or dad or grandpa. Um, I would imagine that it can be pretty tough and that you can be met with some resistance. How do you suggest folks start that conversation? 
Well, ideally, you want to start having the conversation long before you're actually talking about specifically taking your parent or grandparents' keys away. Um, so as people get older, there are natural openings for when you can have the conversation. Um, if they, are, for example, are put on a new medicine, you could say, oh, well, mom, have, has your doctor said anything about how that might affect your driving? And kind of just open a dialogue to find out whether they're thinking about it. You know, if there's an accident in the paper, talk about the accident, you know, and so over time you can open that dialogue so that when it does come to the point where you're thinking their behavior is um, putting them at risk, it's a little bit easier to find that opening. Also, not everybody should have that conversation, you know, you don't usually want to pick the bossiest person in the family, you want to pick the person that has the best rapport with the older adult who they don't feel threatened by. Um, later on, when a decision's been made about stopping driving, you can bring the bossy person back in. But that, those initial conversations should be from somebody who they have a rapport with. Usually older adults who are married would rather hear from their spouse. And older adults who live alone would prefer to hear from a doctor or a friend. So um, an older child, like over 50, is also pretty much a respected source, but a younger child, not as much. So it's really just kind of listening and knowing who's gonna have the most impact on that person. And again, just starting that conversation way before it's specific to their driving. It's so interesting that the approach and the person who makes that pitch initially really can make a difference. It does, and you know, uh, research shows that people whose family members talk to them are far more likely to stop driving when it's time than people who don't have those family members to talk to them. So it makes a big difference if you involve yourself. Now we talked about the consequence of this just on a personal level that you could have more isolation, that you don't have as much sort of ability to just pick up and go see a friend or engage in your community. What are some alternatives to driving that are available given, you know, if you don't have a license anymore? Sure, well, it's very geographically specific. Um, so if you live on Oahu, you have a tremendous bus system, and but all the neighbor islands, all the main neighbor islands have a limited bus system that people can access. There's a handyman paratransit system if they have a physical impairment. There are nonprofits who provide transportation services like um, Project Donna or Catholic Charities. So there's those options, but there's also these ride sharing apps that are out there now, Uber and Lyft. If you've got those folks in your area, they're super easy to use. It's a phone-based app, and they've even got it set up so an adult can make an appointment for another adult to um, get a ride. So if your loved one is not really great with their smartphone, you can set that up for them. Yeah, that was my next question, that a lot of us feel like maybe mom or dad isn't tech savvy, and then can they really access those services? But you're saying that I can do that on someone else's behalf. Yeah, it's like a concierge service. And then, you know, where you live, I mean, most people want to stay in their current home as long as possible, but as you age, there are opportunities to live in aging communities, and a lot of them provide transportation for you. Another option is to live in a mixed-use community where you can easily walk downstairs to the drugstore, the doctor's office, or a grocery store. Okay, fantastic. Well, we're talking now with Jackie from AARP. We're going to share more about how AARP Hawaii can help older drivers and how you can have this very important conversation with those that you love. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Difficult conversations. Start a family conversation long before taking someone's car keys. 
changes in health or medication could provide an opening to a dialogue by asking for their opinion. A family member with the best rapport should approach the issue. Older adults usually prefer to hear from their spouse, doctor, or a senior family member about driving issues. Windows Hawaii. Windows are not only designed to beautify your home, but also to make your home more secure, energy efficient, and virtually noise proof. Contact Mario now for your free in home estimate. 808 671 0808. Welcome back. We are speaking with Jackie Boland of AARP Hawaii about when it may be time to consider giving up a driver's license for you or a family member and the consequences that can really have. Jackie, you know, you laid out sort of the health effects of this at the top of our conversation in terms of the mental health, but there's also a community cost to having someone lose their license. Tell us about that. Well, you know, it's true that older adults are the most engaged and active people in the community. They turn out in higher numbers to vote, and they turn out in higher numbers to volunteer. And our communities really benefit from that lifetime experience, the wisdom, and just the time and passion that they have for the community. So when you take somebody out of that, isolate them, and keep them from participating, it can impact not just their family, but the whole community. So it's in our best interest to try to figure out some transportation solutions for people when they stop driving and to have those available. Um, we like to promote multimodal transportation options. So if you're not driving, can you ride public transportation? Can you take the bus? Can you take an Uber or Lyft? What's out there for you? And if you want to start transitioning into doing more of that, maybe you don't need to wait until your license is fully out of the picture to start utilizing some of those services. Talk, talk a little bit about how we can lay the groundwork so that that transition is a little smoother. Sure. So um, my friend and her mother, they love to go to the theater. So they're often going to Hawaii Theater for Youth or the Hawaii Theater. And finding parking downtown is terrible. So one strategy she can use with her mom to get her used to riding public transportation is to say, hey, I hate finding parking and paying for parking. Let's try the bus. Let's try a lift. And get that sort of comfort with it so they know what's involved so that by the time they need to use it, it's not this big scary thing. And then when you are transitioning, it makes a lot of sense if they're going to be riding the bus to mark out the places they go very frequently, drugstore, doctor's office, grocery store, and ride those routes with them a few times so they feel comfortable with it. That makes a lot of sense. Tell us a little bit more about, I know AARP Hawaii has a myriad of services, but in this particular arena, what are some of the resources that you have? Sure, so the AARP Smart Driving Program is a kind of a flagship program for AARP, and it's a classroom course that helps people kind of revisit how to avoid crashes, how to accommodate age-related changes in cognition, physical abilities, and those kinds of things, how to assess themselves, and when to make the decision not to drive. They also learn about new technologies that are out there that can extend their driving time and new cars. So that class is offered in person by volunteers in all of our communities, and it's also offered online through aarp.org drive. Okay. What do you think is the biggest mistake that families make when it comes to handling this issue? Oh gosh, the biggest mistake. I think not handling it is the biggest mistake because a lot of research indicates that families that have the conversation, older drivers are far more likely to stop driving when they need to and therefore keeping themselves and the community safer. So that's the biggest danger. But I think just um, 
avoiding the conversation or then coming on too strong when it really becomes an issue is probably a recipe for failure. So you wanna look for natural entry points. And we've done research, there are natural entry points. So if somebody has a health setback, that's a great opportunity to talk to them about what their doctor thinks. And doctors, by the way, are very respected by older adults. So you can always talk to the doctor yourself. And if they think your parent or your grandparent should stop driving, maybe they'd be willing to initiate that conversation. So that's one way. If there's a near miss, they've kind of gotten in an accident or somebody has been honking at them because they fell asleep at the wheel, that's an opportunity to have the conversation. And then, you know, if your loved one is getting lost in areas that are very familiar to them, you may not realize that, but that's a clear sign that they may have dementia. And so you really want to get involved then. So don't wait to have the conversation if you think that there's a problem. But if you're being proactive, I just urge everyone to have, you know, opening conversations before things become a real big issue. On the flip side, we do want to make sure that these folks are engaged. You talk about the community benefit, there's a mental health component, but really, you know, having a sense of purpose in life, that really continues our life uh, and makes it valuable and meaningful for all of us. Tell us about why that's so important. You know, I don't have the exact figure, but I read once that people who don't have a sense of purpose are like, more likely to die of any cause than people who do have a sense of purpose. And you don't have to drive to have a sense of purpose. I think the most important thing is to chart a course for people so that when they're not driving, they don't become isolated and stuck at home. Once they do that, I mean, we've, we've actually seen through the pandemic the impact that isolation has on older adults and our whole community. I mean, there is a mental health shortage, provider shortage right now for youth and for seniors. So I think most of us kind of know now after COVID how hard it can be to be isolated. So it won't be too hard for you to put yourself in your loved one's shoes, right? Absolutely. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for being here. We learned so much today. These are tough conversations, but they can be life-saving. And as we've learned today, not having a license does not mean being stuck at home. There are plenty of other ways to get around. Remember, you can always find us on YouTube to watch the show again or listen as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Yanji Denise. Until next time, take care and aloha.